The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day and welcome to the Genesis Zone show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this Thursday morning. Um, what would you want to, would you want to live to age 152 if you could? I mean, that's the title of today's show. It's a great question. Uh, is the term old or old age relative to our circumstances? I mean, if you could live to the ripe old age of 152, would you even wish to do it? Today, we'll take a look at uh, some of the latest aging and longevity research and see how possible this actually may be. So we're talking about aging, right, uh, and longevity. Uh, did you know that in ancient Rome, uh, they listed the maximum lifespan to be somewhere between 100 and 110 years of age? You know, it's fairly common to hear people use words like old or old age uh, in their everyday conversation. I personally don't like those terms because uh, I think that those terms are relative. I mean, really and truly define old. Uh, Methuselah from the Bible was 969 years old when he died. Now, that to me sounds old. But 53, 63, 73, 103, are those ages really old in today's standards? Uh, I think it depends on the person, and I think it depends on their individual circumstances, which really make the concept of old or old age relative to those circumstances. Now, people's perceptions about aging and longevity can vary widely. Uh, some people view it as a remarkable achievement and a sign of good health, while others may see it as a burden or a sign of decline. I mean, living a long and prosperous life can be seen as a testament to one's resilience, good health, and positive lifestyle habits. Now, I've found that many people view those who are aging or, shall we say, more mature as a source of inspiration and admire their wisdom and life experiences. But those are the people I hang out with. On the other hand, there are those who view old age or aging as a burden. I don't like hanging around those people. Uh, some, some of these people may even go so far as to believe that growing older or aging causes the aging person to be a burden to their families or society in general. Now, the truth is the concept of aging and our societal as well as our personal beliefs about aging are influenced by a range of factors, including cultural beliefs, personal experiences, and individual attitudes towards aging and longevity. In some instances, this means ageism can come into play. Now, what do I mean by ageism? If you're not familiar with the term, it's simply when someone holds a negative stereotype about aging and older adults, including their beliefs that they're frail or forgetful and unable to contribute to society. Um, and ageism, no matter which way you turn it, can lead to discrimination and exclusion of older adults in various aspects of life. 
Now, similarly, uh, there seems to be a cultural emphasis on the importance of youthfulness uh, and physical appearance in the United States. I mean, just look at TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and you'll see what I mean. There's way too much emphasis here. And the last time I checked, these uh, uh, quote unquote influencers on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook will one day be older themselves, but they don't see it. And part of me believes that when that day comes, they're not going to be able to handle it. That's just me. Now, unfortunately, this unhealthy emphasis on youthfulness and appearance can lead to the marginalization of the aging population because society conveys that those who are aging do not fit its ideal of youthfulness. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for throwing self-care out the window. On the contrary, I'm just saying that um, we should learn to love ourselves where we are and how we are. Uh, we should be on a journey to self-care, towards self-love and towards self-improvement and embrace that journey regardless of whether uh, it fits the societal mores of the day, which in today's age happens to be this overemphasis on youthfulness. And while we're on the subject, most of the people I know over age 50, like myself, who have already started receiving AARP material in the mail, let's just face it, it's one of those things, we feel more youthful today than we did when we were in our 20s. Now, I'm not speaking for every single one of us, but the people I hang around with who are my age, we look at each other and say, man, we feel better, we feel more youthful than we did when we were in our 20s. So I say all of this to prove that youthfulness as a, is a state of mind, not a Barbie doll or Ken doll appearance. Now, here's the good news. There's an emphasis on healthy aging and preventive care in the United States when it comes to the aging population, among the aging population. And many aging adults like myself are taking an active role in maintaining their health and wellness and really investing in that journey. Now, awareness of the possibilities outside traditional Western medicine have certainly been trending upward for the past few years. Um, and in the past year and a half, it's really just exploded. If you look at the actual numbers, the economics of this industry, um, just the biohacking industry along, alone, um, the numbers have, have gone up at least 40% as far as uh, gross annual revenue uh, just in the past two years. That's huge. Those numbers are huge. So that means more and more people are taking interest in this. And the fortunate or unfortunate thing, however you want to look at it, is is that people who are in the, um, the, 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 the Gen X baby boober generation, they have more expendable income to be able to spend on these types of things. So that's where the bulk of the, um, of the economic growth is actually coming from. So why is there this increased interest outside of traditional medicine towards longevity or pursuing longevity? Well, quite frankly, um, you have baby boomers and what I call uh, actually, not me. I can't take credit for it. A really good friend of mine who works specifically with the baby boomer population um, for uh, financial literacy and economic growth, um, she calls 
us who are Gen Xers, but we're right there on the cusp of the baby boom generation. She called us, calls us the shoulder generation. Um, because if you look at Gen Xers, Gen Xers are kind of divided into three separate groups within that that time span. But those of us who are really close to the baby boomer uh, age range uh, or year cutoff, uh, they call us the shoulder or she's calling us the shoulder generation of Gen X population. But people who fit that baby boomer shoulder generation of the Gen X population, uh, like like myself, uh, we're more financially stable than other generational segments. Uh, we're more driven now than we've ever been in life and in business and certainly in our wellness goals and, and especially our longevity goals. And we are very well read and educated about uh, the limitless and kind of growing opportunities and possibilities available to help us live longer and more productive and healthy lives. And to uh, and, 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 and when we add to this our, our innate tenacity and, and, and impeccable adapt, adaptability to circumstances that are constantly fluid, and you have a recipe for two generations of people who will likely outlive the generations behind us. And I would add, we're going to outlive the generations behind us uh, with gusto, <laughs> Um, and we're going to be in much better health um, as we live longer than the generations that are coming up. Um, I don't say that with pride, but I do say that as a fact. I mean, if you look at health statistics in general, my generation alone, not even including the baby, baby boomer generation, but just the Gen X generation. Um, and if you include baby boomers in this, it's huge we are poised to outlive our children and our children's children. Why is that? I, you know, I don't know. I think maybe because there's too much of an emphasis in certain areas versus others. I think maybe because we've become a sedentary uh, society. I think maybe because we've become a, a, a more carbohydrate heavy society and we have to take all of these things uh, into consider into consideration. And when I say carbohydrates, I mean processed carbohydrates, processed foods, sugars, things like that. Uh, so at the top of the show, I mentioned Methuselah from the Bible who died at 969 years of age. Now, sadly, the Guinness World Book of Records uh, doesn't recognize Methuselah. Uh, they tell us that the oldest living human on record is uh, Jean Calment. Uh, from France, who lived to the age of 122 years and 164 days. Now, it's from the starting point point that I bring you today's research insights on longevity. As the researchers mentioned, uh, uh, Gene Calment's amazing feat of living to 122 years of age. Now, the paper that I reviewed for today shows um, is really discussing a hypothesis and it's a more of a hypothesis proposal. Now, just to shorten, because it's a very long paper, to give you the short highlights of this, uh, even though the scientists agree that there um, have been very little changes in the upper age limits uh, in those who live to be over 100 years old uh, over the past three or 400 years, they agree that based on ancient historical text, and current human genetics that modern humans haven't reached the limits of the upper age limits as we know them right now. They go on to postulate that humans could easily live 
30 years longer than Jean Calment of France, who died at 122. And that would put us somewhere in the range of 150 years old. I mean, think about that for a minute. Would you even want to live to be 150 years old? And if you did live to be 150 years old, what would you even do? I mean, think about it. If we're poised to outlive our children and our children's children, then what do we do with ourselves? Well, I have to tell you, I don't have any 100-year-old clients, but I do have the bulk of my clients who are 50 and over, older, and many are well past retirement age. In fact, I have a lot of clients who are in their 70s and extremely active. Now, the interesting thing is I've seen that uh, these people who are past this retirement age are very active professionals and executive types who have zero interest in being turned out to pasture, quote unquote. Um, And they just don't, they don't want to do that. They want to continue to see patients. They want to continue working with clients. They want to continue running companies and they're doing it very, very successfully. Now they're like little energizer bunnies who just keep going and going and going But most of all, they love what they're doing. They have the energy to do it. They have the mental clarity to do it. They have the stamina and endurance to do it. And they have little interest in stopping anytime soon. Now, my hat goes off to my clients in in this category, this post-retirement age category that just keep going, not because they have to, but because they want to and they feel like they're actually contributing more to society now than they did when they were younger. Then I kind of self-reflect and I ask myself, what will I do when it's time to retire? Um, And then the automatic thought kind of floods in that this word retirement is actually foreign to me. I don't think I'll ever fully retire as we know it in the traditional sense of the word by the traditional definition. And And I think that's where many people that I work with who are over age 50, we kind of fit in that same category. We're like, do I even really want to fully retire? I think the answer for most of us is no. Now, will we be doing exactly what we're doing now? Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll reskill and learn learn something new and do something totally different, which is totally fine. But like many of my clients, I I love being active. You know, it keeps me alive. It keeps me youthful. Plus, I feel like I have more to contribute now than I ever have in my entire life. Uh, At nearly 54 years old, I'll be 54 here in a couple of months. um, I feel like I'm just now uh, as as the old older people would say, no pun intended, coming into my own. I just really feel like I'm coming into my own right now at 54. Now, in the comments below, I have a favor. I would like for you, because I'm really curious, this is a curiosity thing, because I want to see where other people stand. In the comments below, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're watching this on Facebook, it doesn't matter, or you're listening to the podcast, you can direct message me if that's the case. Um, but I want you to tell me what your plans will be or what you perceive them to be, um, once you get past that retirement age and, and then what that would look like if you knew you could live a healthy life over age a hundred. Um, 
I, I think it's important for us to start hearing what each of us, each other has to say, because I think sometimes we think our thoughts are foreign when we think, I don't want to retire. And we look around us and we see validation after validation of people who are retiring. But yet, the more we kind of move through life, we meet other people that have no interest in retirement. They have every interest in continuing to contribute to society and and, and helping people as best they can. And they have a lot to contribute. So they, they want to do that. Um, and I'm curious uh, to see how many other people out there think like this or don't think like this. It's okay. Um, seriously, I'm just curious. So if you will, just leave in the comments below uh, what your perceptions are of what you think you'll do when it comes time to retire. And if you knew you could live past 100 and live a healthy life, what would you do past 100? You know, so that's all I've got for today. Um, I wanted to bring this topic to us, talk about longevity, talk about aging, talk about perceptions around it, wrong perceptions, ageism. I think those are things we really have to be in tune with as we move forward, advancing into this, this, um, this new age that we're in where things are advancing at such a rapid rate. And I'm not just talking about health and wellness and biohacking. I'm talking about technology and uh, just information in general. We're being inundated with so much. Um, and it does, it affects us. It affects us one way or the other. And I think it actually changes our thinking, but I just want to know, I just kind of take a poll of like where everybody is out there when it comes to this concept or these perceptions around aging. Uh, I know many in my listening audience are over age 40 at minimum. Uh, most of us are over age 50. And, um, like I said, I'm just curious, um, most informed, most trusted, and most grateful that you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown. Uh-huh.